Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 318. And remember, just because something's imaginary doesn't mean it can't hurt you. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Very good, thank you. I'm sore. Why are you sore? I'm tired. I put my deck back together finally oh. after about six months <laughs> of it laying on the ground and me going, oh, I really ought to fix that. I really ought to fix that. It's just too cold this weekend. And then oh, finally, it was so we, cold for so long. Finally we got a 70 degree weekend and I thought... Well, I can't put it off any longer. <laughs> you two should have combined efforts. Yeah, since I did leaves. Knowing what you did, you could have bagged all the leaves up, <laughs> and Glenn could have balanced the deck on top of the <laughs> That's all you would have needed, too. <laughs> Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> I'd have come over and helped for that. <laughs> yeah, so if you hear me sniffle, that's why I did leaves, and so my allergies are now flaring up. I'm sorry I spoiled that. That's okay. How was your week, Sean? I'm angry. I don't have a reason. <laughs> I thought maybe because you're not leaves at, or I didn't do leaves. I thought I didn't maybe it's because you're not at Gallifrey One. I'm upset that I'm not at Gallifrey One. Everybody else in my Twitter feed was off having fun Friday night. Who and we were watching Daleks and everybody else is going LobbyCon and I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> looks Friday like everybody had a good time though. Did you watch anything this week? I watched Swiss Army Man. How was it? Weird, <laughs> really weird, but really funny. I did not expect it to be as funny as it was. Daniel Radcliffe in that, it just nails it. He is so funny all the way through. Have you heard of this one? So it's Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. It starts, Paul Dano is stranded on an island, and this dead body washes ashore. Oh, I think maybe I have heard of this. And so he notices that the dead body starts passing gas and realizes he could ride the dead body like a jet ski to escape the island. This dead body has superpowers and slowly starts coming back to life. It's really weird, but a lot of it is so funny. <laughs> like him riding it like a jet ski is just so absurd that it's hilarious. Who plays the dead body? That's Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe, okay. <laughs> and it's them through most of the movie. And the, the end kind of uh, wasn't as great as the rest of the movie. But all of, pretty much three quarters of the film are just... So and engrossing and entertaining and just a hoot. Huh. <laughs> he's trying to teach the dead body things because it's trying to remember things. <laughs> and he starts singing the Jurassic Park thing. Just, uh, you know, music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> and so then that becomes a thing throughout the rest of the movie. It's like, sing a romantic song. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. There's I'll, a lot of really I'll, funny bits I'll to it. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> this does not sound like a Glenn film. It's not a Glenn film. I think you might like it, Sean. It is on Amazon. It's on my list. It's on Amazon Prime. I watched Videodrome. I've decided I don't like Cronenberg. It's a classic. Eh. <laughs> well, I'd say it was good. I just said it was a classic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think I like Cronenberg. I've never seen that one. It's weird. Very, very young James Woods. I didn't even know he was in it. Mm. And then he showed up like, oh... Okay. I think it's kind of carries across most of Cronenberg's films. I think he's got really great conceptual ideas that he carries to a place that I wouldn't have gone with to illustrate the point, you know? Um, but yeah, 
it was just kind of it's one of those things that's always been on my list of things to watch mm-hmm. and I never have and I finally got around to watching it, it was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> cross that oh. one off now <laughs> we finally got to the twist <laughs> the big west where I, I got a text from Sean midweek oh my god <laughs> holy crap and it took me a second to realize what you were talking about <laughs> See, I kind of looked at it because I was doing something else, and then when I went back to my phone, I read it more thoroughly. I went, oh, that's what he meant. So that was a thing. <laughs> I put forth the proposal for next week because we're now at that. That was uh, episode seven for, for those of you keeping track. That's the big one. Um, so we've got eight, nine, and ten now, and it's like, okay, I'm going to propose that we watch Westworld first because if it's really good, I want to mow through all three episodes next week and just put all the rest of the shows on hold so that we can finish it. I don't think there was anything as big in episode eight, but nine and ten had some big doozies too. Okay, well maybe we'll stretch it out for two more weeks. That'll make Patrick happy. <laughs> really enjoying it. It's such a good show. It is really good. Do you see they're coming out with pop Funko Pops of those now? <laughs> no. Of course they are. <laughs> yeah, well, it was successful. <laughs> surprise. Not. I saw that you uh, watched Things to Come. Oh yeah, I watched that too. What'd you think? Yeah, it was boring. It kind of, wasn't it? I mean, interesting it, ideas. It's, in it. it's interesting ideas. It kind of makes me want to read the book too. Isn't it, the book written after the movie? Isn't that how I remember that? Wasn't this a written for f- screen first? It might have been. I think that's why H.G. Wells is cre- it's credited as H.G. Wells Things to Come. Yeah. And then he did the book later. I don't know. It kind of just it reminded me of War of the Worlds. You don't have to look it up. You're right. Without any of the he good wrote, parts. He wrote that. Oh, I knew that. <laughs> no, we knew no, that. He part. wrote the things to come for the screenplay. Too. Oh, for the screenplay. Yeah. Okay. But did the book come first or the screenplay? No, it, was, it was the screenplay. It was written for the screen. Technological marvel. I mean, for being done when it was done to look the way that it did was like wow. Yeah. But it just. But it was also underwhelming. Very because underwhelming. Because nothing yeah. really happened in the things. That <laughs> I guess had the story served those the visuals as much, it would have been better. I don't know. That's about it. I didn't watch much else. Did you watch anything, Glenn? Nope. I don't watch anything. <laughs> <laughs> you stopped watching I watch things. stuff. I watch John Oliver. I watch the little things that I usually watch. Modern Family. Those kind of little things that I can... Weekly shows. Yeah. You know, watch quickly before I go to work. I watched the first episode of Girls. It was really good. So mm. Really digging that. I'm kind of sad that this is the last season, but... Ah, and there will be another one when I get home tonight. I probably won't make it through it because I'll be so tired. But We finally went and registered after multiple parents for the asking army? for the baby. Oh. <laughs> no, okay. Didn't register for the army, no. <laughs> you have to register for a baby? Well, we filled out a baby registry. Oh, for presents. Yeah. Oh, where at? I wondered Babies where he was going us. with this. Babies are us? You knew what I was talking about, I knew. Because I got excited. It's like, he got to use the gun. And Glenn's yeah. over here in <laughs> selective service. He wasn't the one service. to talk about how great the gun was. <laughs> what are you doing? The gun is awesome. But It was pretty cool. I suppose you could say that for the Army, too. Um, <laughs> Depends on how you feel about guns, I guess. Um, <laughs> how many things? Did you, 400? Uh, I like don't Benson. remember how many. Th- <laughs> our, our gun died halfway through, <laughs> so I didn't. That get you f- don't want to happen in the army. I didn't get a full total. I think it was. I think it's close to a hundred things. No more bullets. <laughs> close to a hundred. Close to a hundred. Probably underdid. But we'll have to go look at it. Did you just go to Baby Zero's? Yeah. Uh, we set up an Amazon one too. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, too late. We did. Uh. <laughs> But you don't have to go to that one, don't worry. Okay, I won't. Actually, I might go to that one. It'll be easier and ship free to my home. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what we were thinking, too. 
In case there wasn't a Babies R Us near people. But I do have a Babies near Us near me. That's it's true. right next door to the Army Recruiter. Even easier, you can <laughs> shop on Amazon, have it shipped to his home, and send him a message with present. Here you go. <laughs> I like that. That's better. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's not a lot on that. We were waiting to do the Babies R Us one to kind of get an idea of what we needed to register for and kind of what we liked in person before we added stuff to the Amazon one. It's kind of hard to do on Amazon just because you search for something and there's so much. Yeah. You know, it's hard to narrow down what's good and what's right. not and what you like. At least on Amazon there's reviews though. So That's you can true. go, oh, this got but five then, stars. But then you can't touch it and see what it feels That's like. That's true. I'm really excited about the stroller and car seat we got or we registered for. It's one of the ones that has the, you take the... Good, you the, take the bad, you take them both and there you have... The facts of life. Oh, you take the... the Which is how you wind up with a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of the ones where you take the car seat straight out of the car and go straight into the store. Ah, yeah. Those are nice. We we didn't have one, but we wished we did. We did. We wound up... We found the car sheet we liked, and then we went and found the stroller to match it. And so we're going to wind up having two actual car seats, and then we bought it. We put a separate base on for the second car. Yeah, that's a good idea. So now we have two car seats with two bases and one stroller. And hopefully another stroller. I want to get a jogging stroller for when we walk Cody. It'd work better on their brick sidewalks. You should make Cody walk. No, don't let him ride in a stroller. <laughs> he wouldn't want to. Oh. I, w- I was thinking of just lashing Cody to the stroller. <laughs> That's where my And I'll just jump on the back and, and he'll mush, pull us. Mush! Mush! <laughs> the way he pulls sometimes, he could do it. <laughs> And you could dress him for Christmas. You could be the Grinch, and he'd be Max with a horn on his head. <laughs> that would be really cute. By Christmas time, Keith would be about 230 pounds because he wasn't getting any exercise. <laughs> I stopped walking everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where he would take me, though? He would get a sense and just, no, don't go cross the street yet. I don't understand why you're gaining so much weight. I don't either. I'm walking every day. <laughs> Twice. And Cody and I go for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> The pedometer says I'm going two miles. I don't <laughs> you, you playing any Pokemon? I have been, yeah. Gen the, the 2's new, out. Yeah. yeah. Generation new 2 Pokemon stuff. out now. Reinvigorated the game a bit. Was a bit annoying when I first got on I Thursday at about 6 o'clock. I got on, I was like, yeah, all right, new Pokemon. Oh, servers are slow and sluggish <laughs> and buggy. And I thought, oh, God, here we go again. But about two hours later, it kind of leveled out. So Everyone was jumping on to get the yeah, new stuff. Yeah, yeah. You think Niantic would have known that everybody's going to jump on it launch time, but whatever. Anyway, it's yeah, it's been good. With the release of Gen Two, I think I'm going to have to finally spend some coins to upgrade my Pokédex. Yeah, that's what I now. Have there's to do. a lot more Pokemon to catch and yeah. keep, and I'm running up against that ceiling. Mm-hmm. So, I've actually upgraded twice just because. Well, I feel I've nearly filled my Pokédex before the launch of Gen Two. I only had like maybe. Three that I didn't have that weren't the region specific ones, so so I had already updated, upgraded my storage unit. But that's fun. I like. I it. Just, I'm still I'm, enjoying I'm it. Just evolve them or do, you know transfer them, get candy, whatever. Yeah. Get my little. But yeah, now it's like, uh, yep. it's like twice as many. And it's uh, <laughs> it's getting warm again, so we can get out, get walking again. Yeah, that'll be good. Gotta catch them all. Twitch, twitch, twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to news. What's in the news? And the most recent uh, issue of Doctor Who magazine, a fan asked Moffat if we can expect to see the return of William Hartnell, Patrick Troughton, and John Pertwee in a future multi-doctor story v- using the Rogue One CGI 
method. Moffat's response was, Well, like every other Doctor Who fan, that was my first thought upon seeing Rogue One. But you know, word on Media Street is that Star Wars might have a tiny edge on us, budget-wise. <laughs> he added, I'm fairly sure those are quite expensive movies, and possibly that sort of thing might be a bit beyond us for now. More importantly, will the software ever exist that can recreate the comic timing of Patrick Troughton? <laughs> That's a very important question, Stephen. I can see it now. Good news! We've resurrected classic Doctor Who's in order to bring them back CGI, and it's going to be great. This will be the best best ever. The bad news is we're doing one episode this year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Here, you guys are going about this all wrong. You already did. We've got Peter Cushing. They just need to slap a new coat of paint on his outfit, and we've resur- we've resurrected the Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong Doctor, Sean. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Lift, paste, you're done. <laughs> and we all know Glenn's chomping at the bit to get those films canonized anyway. Hey, yeah. <laughs> if we can do it, let's Maybe do we it. could finally get the third one made. Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then tie that one in canonically, so the rest of it too. All right, now all, all you you computer wizard fans, here your assignment is: go cut together a demo reel. I want the animated Daleks from Power of the Daleks matched up with Peter Cushing from wherever you can get him. <laughs> Make me a third. Film. Make me a third film. Go. Would you guys really want to see uh, Rogue One style CGI use? In Doctor Who to bring back old doctors? I don't see why not. I mean, it if if the money was there and the software was fine, I I, I actually am one of the I think the few people as you look at the internet that actually really like the Grand Moff Tarkin. Even though I mean I it's not quite there yet, but it's it looks great and I thought Leia looked good. No, let's do it. As now, a, then again, I understand the limitations <clears throat> of the budget. Assuming the budget was not an you know, not an issue and they could just do it. I kind of fall back on my, my rationale for most things, which well, if you can come up with a good reason to do it, if the story's good enough, then yeah, absolutely. And if, if you can convey it well enough. If it's just the gimmick of, hey, we brought the Doctor yeah, together, yeah. then, then it's one of those lame multi-Doctor stories that doesn't really... Right, let's not do it for the gimmick of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the reality of it is, too, though, I, I would be fine with them recasting the Doctor as well. I mean, it worked with Herndl, so I enjoyed... Richard Herndl and the Five Doctors as the First Doctor. I think that was fine. I mean, it's 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 not quite the same performance you get, but why not? Give it a try. Sean Pertwee. Sean would Pertwee be is a John, great. Yeah, as, uh, the Third Doctor. Could a black wig on Fraser Hines. <laughs> <laughs> it might be able. To He's work. a tad old though, but maybe that might work. I still want Fraser to come back with PCAP though. <laughs> oh yeah, I would love. Oh yeah, yeah I'd love yeah, Jamie to come back. Road, yeah. Yeah, just bring absolutely. Jamie back. Why couldn't we get Jamie instead of Nardle? <laughs> <laughs> If they did it well and had a good story behind it, I would be okay with it. I do worry that a computer or whoever was conveying, unless it was Fraser Hines, wouldn't have the energetic or comic timing of Patrick Troughton. That would be my only concern. Or be able to really convey John Pertwee's voice. I mean, some people can't quite do that right. It's a big part of the performance. If you oh, can't yeah. capture all of it, then there's that little... You can make somebody look like them, but you have to make sure they sound like them, too. Yeah. The likelihood of it ever happening anytime soon is probably pretty slim. 
I don't like how Moffat sidestepped it, too, because normally when people ask her, is it going to be a multi-doctor episode, and he complains about it, it was such a horror to write, I would never do that again, yada, yada, yada. Well, <laughs> and this time it's just like, they've got I've, more money. I've already got season 10 written. I'm <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's out the door anyway. So. I mean, he, he, he could have answered that with, ask Chris. Yeah. <laughs> In the same issue, he also mentions that, who knows, maybe we haven't seen The Last of River, which I hope is... On TV is not the, is the is not the case. Yeah, I would, I would let her have audio adventures and book adventures outside the Doctor or with previous Doctors. That's it. I agree. I, as much as I love River, and I do, I love River. I feel like she's run her course, and of course, admittedly, I'd felt that before. And then Husbands of River Song came along and really kind of that really really nicely tied up the bow with all the loose ends that you know as bad can, as the metaphor is put the nail in the coffin yeah, yeah really the final one it's okay her story for the doctor at that aspect is done yeah unless we're going backward seeing other previous stuff like big finish is doing with her stuff with six and seven which are fantastic don't sully it yeah i just it, it would, it would kind of like bring clara back again I just like i don't think we need it you know no. It's like bringing Rose back. You know, yeah. fans keep clamoring for it, but we all know fans don't necessarily need <laughs> these things that what, they claim they want. What they want is not always what's in their best interest. Yeah, that is true. Well, let's move on to feedback. Who's in feedback? Ben wrote some feedback this week. Hi, Ben. I hope this finds you all well and that you have all enjoyed the holiday weekend. Valentine's Day. <laughs> It's President's Day weekend. It, oh. only, it only affects Ben because he works for the post office, so he's actually off tomorrow. <laughs> I've enjoyed it thus far, he continues. <laughs> it's been abnormally warm here, so we took the opportunity to have friends over for a fire in the backyard. We also took the puppy to my mom so she could see her. Bailey, the puppy, is half border collie, half golden retriever, by the way. I saw the video of her playing in the leaves. It's so cute. <laughs> There are pics and vids on my Instagram and Facebook if anyone is interested in seeing them. Moving along, my books from Waterstones have both shipped and made it across the pond. Is There Life Outside the Box? The Peter Davison autobiography wasn't immediately available, so it shipped separately from the Pirate Planet. For the first time, an intern's order of mine had USPS tracking on it, so I have been able to track both books' movements within the UK and now here in the US as well. To me, being on the delivery business, specifically USPS, I find that very cool. As a side note, Peter's book has overtaken Pirate Planet movement. It's blazed through customs and is here at the local (laughs) processing plant as we speak. (laughs) Pirate Planet won't be far behind, though. Sean, yes, I am an avid reader and put in as much time as I can get away with. Having said that, my progress on Goodreads Challenge isn't all that impressive. As I mentioned before, I'm trying to expand the types of materials I read. In that vein, I began last year to do comics again. I hadn't read them consistently since I was a kid. Those generally accelerate my progress on Goodreads as they are very quick reads. They are plain to log in, though, because you have to search the issues by author. I've yet to get one to come up in a search based on title. That brings me to an exciting update on Goodreads. You can now search books by scanning the cover! Previously, you could scan the barcode only. This new scanning option makes finding comics much easier in their database. I also devote my 50 minutes of break time at work to reading most days. Having that quiet, no kids, dogs, etc. time to read means good progress most of the time. 
Lastly, I saw that Tilda Swinton is in is the odds-on favorite of the moment to be the next <laughs> Doctor. She was my personal pick when Matt Sliff Smith left. As much as I like PCAP, I hope she gets a fair chance at this role. Who, see what I did there, knows what will happen in the intervening year or so. Anyhow, that's it for now. Take care, guys. Ben. Thank you, Ben. Thank Thanks, you, ben. ben. Tilda Swinton. So, before I get into Tilda, I suddenly have this idea where you order two items off of Amazon or, or, or wherever, and you take bets on what <laughs> arrives first. You, you can place bets on anything, right? But I bet Vegas hasn't figured this one out yet. <laughs> And you can track them and think of the excitement. It would be like around the world in 80 days with just, oh, the book is in Reno now. It's getting close. I don't know. There's maybe something there. I would love to see Tilda. I think she'd be great. I don't know where this odds-on favorite, considering they've talked to nobody. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sure Chris has some ideas. And if the other piece of news that wasn't really news that came out this week, which was that... He had almost talked Capaldi into staying for another season. Well, that means they're that much further behind on getting anything <laughs> prepped. True. So I guarantee you, he's just now getting around to you know potential actors. Well, he's stuff. still working on a Broadchurch season three. Yeah, I mean he's still wrapping that up. So I mean there's so much to do. In fact, he just recently said that the Thirteenth Doctor will be cast in the traditional way. He they will write a script. And they will find the best person to fit that script. They're not going to do some abstract, weird thing about it. So until that script is written, there's no casting. He has an idea. He has a clear sense of what they're going to do, but doesn't even know who's going to play the part yet. So I'd kind of like to throw everybody for a loop and go all the way up to the Christmas special. And the very last scene is the regeneration, and Capaldi regenerates, and the screen goes orange, and then fades to black, and we don't know <laughs> until the next season yeah. starts. I think that would be great. I would think so, too. Pull a war games with it. Yeah. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, fandom! You know, I said of course, I then we get an announcement later. But. I wasn't going to engage in uh, who I thought they should be the next Doctor, but I've done a lot of thinking about it, and I would like to see uh, Richard uh, Iowa Day. Oh, is that how you I, say his name? I think it's Iowa Day. Who's Richard Moss from IT Moss Crowd. Moss from IT Crowd. I would love to see him as the Doctor. I just was thinking about that this week. So. Well, I go back to my previous choice of Stephen McGann. Megan. Mangan. 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 However it's pronounced. Okay. He was wow. great on Houdini and Doyle. He was great in Dirk Gently. Yeah. He was Dirk Gently. He was. Okay. Did we watch the new one yet? I haven't yet. Not yet. No. I have it in my list to watch. It's on the list. If you want to send us feedback, you can send it to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or just go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and click on the Send Us Feedback tab. Or, as Ben did, you can reach out to us on any form of social media. Let's move on to our review. Let's do so. Phantoms of the Deep. On their mission to explore the Mariana Trench at the very bottom of the ocean, the deepest and most inhospitable place on Earth, the crew of the deep-sea vessel Erebus makes an unusual and startling discovery. A battered blue police box. As the Doctor, Romana, and Canine join them on their journey, the Submariners soon discover that the TARDIS is not the only unusual thing lurking on the seafloor. Super-intelligent squid, long-lost submarines, and their miraculous occupants are only the start of their troubles. The goblins are coming, and they won't let anyone out alive. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> 
I liked I, this one. I wasn't overly wowed by this one. It had a few little issues that I had with it. The, the kind of the main one is the idea that Tom Baker donned a scuba suit and went swimming. And I understand that w- within an audio format, you kind of have the same freedom that you do with a comic book. It's like, well, there's no budget, so you can. Well, there's a budget, but it's you know, it's just whatever you can describe happening. But this is not something I could see happening in the show. So it was <laughs> Wasn't one there a time further he did step swim, removed. Though? No, the fifth Doctor swam. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> of. Yeah, I couldn't see the Doctor doing that. Mm. Now, admittedly, I also. Listening to these, I still have a little bit of an issue falling back into its 70s era Tom, because I don't hear him. I hear current Tom, and I struggle with that a little bit. I think he does a great job, but I still hear older Tom. And so then when he gets into an action scene, it's like, ah, I'm not quite buying it. But it's, it's, I thought it's, he did it's great. Just, it's just I, me, you know. But I didn't I didn't have as much issue with this. In this story, as I have previously, like I said, it's, it's that, a little thing. With that, the other thing that I was a little, I, I didn't like. Um, I was, I loved canine, and the little jabbing joke about, "Do you need me to carry you?" Negative. I'm perfectly capable of rolling across flat metal, <laughs> <laughs> which was just ah. But then he gets taken over. I mean, because I was really worried that we weren't going to get canine in the oh, episode. Oh, yeah. You know? he, like, there's, well, a there's a lot of canine. There's a lot of canine. I was like, great. But then he gets possessed. I'm but like, only oh. a brief period of time. Twice. Twice for a brief period of time. Yeah. But <laughs> I just think it was weird that canine got possessed. Nobody else really did. I mean, they had the uh, mental influence, but it was it was just, I don't know. It just felt strange to me that that was the reasoning behind that. So. Well, it was utilizing, and they, they pointed out that it was utilizing ra- radio waves in order to control him. Right. Whereas it was using a psychic connection to not even control, but to boost the brain power of the human. So I actually kind of like that because it was like utilizing two different forms in order to get what it needed. But then everybody got telepathic and the doctor didn't pick up on it. Yeah, that seems strange right to me that you have well, time to more. Even Romana, you know, I think, yeah. should have picked yeah. on it, up on it a lot sooner than she did as well. So. I said, I'm not complaining. I still enjoyed the story. It was a fun little adventure. I love submarine stories, so that had that going for it. And there were some very cool bits to it, but there were just a, a couple of little idiosyncratic things that, when they all started to pile up, suddenly became, this only happened because you needed it to happen to serve the story, and it, it didn't really... And once, you can't do that. In my once mind, the know. telepathic aspect developed, I liked how they were able to use it as a shorthand to cut down, like what would have taken more time-wise, right. especially being in different locations. Yeah, so, yeah. And the communication aspect of it that was kind of neat. But then it almost felt like sometimes they played fast and loose with locations. Like, wait, how is they? How are they there already? And they shouldn't be. Like there were, I had trouble sometimes following where's people were at different times huh. later on in the story i think the only thing that was a tad confusing at times was the fact that when they were highlighting the psychic connection and how they could hear each other when they weren't even near each other when they would one person would start something another person would finish what was being said that was tough because sometimes it was the doctor and what's her name the other doctor at a different location when it was being finished and it took me a second to realize oh we've switched to the other location yeah. but do you have, have. I had a little trouble keeping track of Sawyer and Terry, too, of who is who. 
their voices sounded almost too similar to Do me. Do you have the cast list up? Uh-huh. Was Katarina Olsen in this? Nope. Who played the, uh, the, the, ca- the main doctor that's not the doctor? It's Alice Creek. It is Alice Creek. Yeah. Okay. It's the Borg Queen. The Borg Queen. Oh, okay. I knew she sounded familiar. I just couldn't place her. <laughs> she didn't sound as evil as normal. <laughs> She's one of those people that shows up on screen, and I instantly hate her, and I'm creeped out by her. Because of the Borg Queen? Not just that. Oh, not just that. Okay. Sleepwalkers. Silent Hill oh, yeah. Sleepwalkers yeah, yeah, is a I good one. I forgot that she does a lot of those. She's a lovely lady and a brilliant actress and creepy. Yeah. <laughs> She's just... Well, she's almost like, uh, what's her face from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Next? And, and Louise DS. Fletcher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she shows up on screen and instantly it's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like Umbridge showing up some out of some <laughs> angry recognition. <laughs> and then creeped out recognition. <laughs> I want to give um, special thanks to Jonathan Cooper, who wrote The Showstoppers. Because of him, I knew exactly what they meant when they were talking about the Savannah Four. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so thank you, Jonathan, for enlightening me early enough on that I keyed right into what it was this time. <laughs> I like the idea of the this ship coming down with the race memory and them trying to revive. And had it landed elsewhere, it would have gone so differently. I think that was all. The, the gem of the idea in this story mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Yeah. So I, overall, I thought it was it was good. It was fun. I all of the eighth doc all of the fourth doctor <laughs> stories that they're doing in the fourth doctor adventures, and I think it's because it's such an encapsulated story. I think that's why the eighth doctors work as well. Not that I don't like the the longer form uh, big finish mainline stuff or main range stuff, but these always seem to be just these nice quaint little packageable nuggets of doctor who mm-hmm. and so that has it going for it and then when they're able to tell a, a pretty good story i think that works well and i thought this was a pretty good story i agree i think the the idea was 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 even better than maybe the delivery of it but mm-hmm. uh, overall i quite enjoyed it uh would have liked to ha- hear more romana or have romana she didn't seem to get enough to do yeah. But that was okay because in previous uh, stories this season, she has had a lot more to do. So Overall, it's still balanced pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But K9 was the highlight of this one. Even yeah, though he does absolutely. get possessed and taken over, he just, he's just he got a lot to do and he's, he's there a lot. <laughs> I just really loved after the fact when he was no longer possessed and they were talking about what he did. He was like, yep, I did that. <laughs> I was possessed. Well, there was a bit of a there, there was a bit. Well, no, I, there was a bit of a remorse in his A bit of an apology. Yeah. Like, yes. When the doctor affirmative. Canine, is this true? Affirmative. affirmative. He's very like oh. <laughs> I felt a little bad for him. Don't call me a bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault. But yeah, overall, it was an enjoyable. Again, still, I think I've said this before. Still enjoying the Fourth Doctor adventures yeah. very much. So glad that Tom decided to come to them. <laughs> Did you know who wrote this one? Jonathan Morris. Oh, well, then it's all forgiven. <laughs> I figure that's why you liked it so much, too. No, I, I, although, although I thought you would have liked it more because it was a... Yeah, well, I didn't know that I didn't know that he wrote it. Like I said, I, it was an enjoyable story. It was a well, fun I'm glad adventure. you didn't because you gave an honest opinion yeah, then. Because no, if I, you had known it was Jonathan Morris, you'd probably been raving all over this thing and not really meant it. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'd have been... Uh, <laughs> or if he had known going in, he would have liked it from the get-go. Right, Or maybe I'd right. have had higher expectations and would have come down further on it. <laughs> uh, 
I, it was a fun adventure. Like I said, I like submarine stories. One of my favorite, I wish we could get more in this ilk. In one of the Doctor Who annuals, there was a comic book story where it's the seventh Doctor telling a story. And he flashes back to when he was the fourth Doctor, who lands the TARDIS on a submarine. And he gets caught up in this uh, naval adventure against the Sea Devils. And the sub is being radioed instructions from the third Doctor. (laughs) And all of a sudden the fourth Doctor goes, oh crap, I know when this is. (laughs) (laughs) And he gets wrapped up in the, I suddenly remembered that somebody on the sub helped me. And it turns out that now I'm on the other end of it. And it was just a really cool story. But the fact that it technically was a three Doctor story without ever really interacting Mm -hmm. together. Um, and so I, I enjoy that, and it reminded me a little bit of that because of the setting and some of the other stuff. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a fun adventure. I mean, anytime we get canine, anytime oh, yeah. we get submarines, those, those are great stuff. I just there were a couple of little things that were just like, eh, that doesn't quite jive for me, but not enough to make me go, oh, that sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the comics then. The final five of this arc. So I started these and immediately regretted not going back and rereading the previous five. <laughs> I even read the the recap that we got. They don't help Didn't much. Really help much. <laughs> it almost felt like a different set of well, comics. This issue, this first one specifically, is odd in the fact that it's there's an eleventh doctor issue. No and there's no eleventh doctor. doctor. Yeah. <laughs> It's a War Doctor story. So we have to cast our minds back to where, where we had left off with Season 2. Is the, there, There's this the then and now bounty hunter that's hunting him down. And uh, what was the name of the malevolent force? Malevolence or something. That's <laughs> darkness that's endangering yeah. people. And the 11th Doctor is being put on trial for... Was it the malevolent? The malevolent? Yeah, maybe it was. I, think. I don't know. I just read him tonight, too. <laughs> it was this thing. <laughs> And he's worried about this crime that he may have committed, and it in some way, shape, or form ties back into the Time War. And then we brought Absalon Dak along, and we brought River along, and we had this huge cast and was getting very excited. The Squire excited. shows up. The Squire. Yeah. And then the Master is, is there in uh, various bits as well. And it's like, okay. And so we kind of they, all they come to this Master's TARDIS. rushing to this, oh my God, what we can, you know, it, it felt like we were at that penultimate cliffhanger moment. And then this one picks up in the Time War with the War Doctor. Because at the end of the last one, Alice, Alice steals the Master's TARDIS, leaving Dak behind, which Dak was supposed to go with her, mm-hmm. to go back to the Time War. That's where we left it Because the Doctor time. had kind of been treating her crappy. On purpose. And, 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 well, on purpose. Well, we find out later. Yeah. <laughs> but she just kind of went, screw it. And, I'm going to go take I'm care, of, go this take care of this myself. So we get into this one, and it's in the Time War and the War Doctor, and it's very disjointed. It is very disjointed. It doesn't fit into the previous flow of the the way the run had been going and um we get some new daleks i appreciated this first story because it did that because it stepped aside because it it did something a little different um but it felt like there was a little too much crazy (laughs) it it did i i really appreciate when somebody's able to do something new and different with the daleks and i i think they did that this fell into that yeah they they nailed it Unfortunately, I think that it becomes, as I say, a little too crazy. There's a little too much crazy. These dogs are a little too unhinged. I think You're that's a, a two Dalek con. I think that's a forced measure in order to make them feel more dangerous, which I think it, it does. It helps, but it's there's way too much dialogue happening 
without anything happening. They've got Alice. There, there's more dialogue. dialogue. That's it. There's more dialogue than you need to know what's going on. Yeah. And so you feel like you're slogging through a lot of this disjointed speech from each of these different crazy Daleks. And when it finally gets to the meat of what's happening, you've gone through 10 pages of just, okay, that was unnecessary. Yeah. And so that was one of the failures of this. Mm-hmm. I the think. irony is that if you'd done this on television or even in a, just a current timeline story with the idea that the Daleks had created these aberrations to become creative through their insanity, that's terrifying to me. That, that The idea of oh, that... Yeah. And if they had spoken the way they spoke within the confines of a current era story, it's terrifying. Putting them in the time war where we're already being bombarded with strange topics and weapons that we've never heard of and everything's got these, which I've talked about before, how much I love the names of all this stuff in the time war. But now having the crazy on top of all that, it was difficult to sift through and figure out what was crazy and what was actually plot relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Because when they start talking about the, what was the name of the device? The silent song? Silent with a P. (laughs) Silent song box. Silent song box. Which is another great name in and of itself. But when you couched within the, the crazy of the Daleks, it's just like... Okay, wait. And I found myself having to go back and reread several different things in an effort to make them truly unique. The, the font. font is different yeah. for each one of them, which I don't mind. Yeah. That, that, that's a cool way of doing it, but it was hard to read font, which was like, yeah. I don't know about that. So that was an added challenge as well. That definitely added to the slog feel. And then trying to remember, once we get to the end of the issue... And these beans show up. Wait, so wait, what are these? And then we kind of get an info dump later of who these beans are and how they actually tie back into the overall story. Right. Which, uh, again, (laughs) because they tie in so heavily to the climax, in retrospect of reading all five of these issues... It actually works, it and I, I appreciate it. But I agree that they're, they're 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 kind of sprung on us a bit, and then we do get the info dump in order to give more substance or relevance or reason or who they are, some definition to who these beings are. It it just felt like it really felt like if I was reading this month to month, I'd have felt kind of like, eh, that was a fine issue. Yeah, eh, that was all right. Well, eh, reading them together as an arc. It actually works better, but mm-hmm. and what these, this one and the next one specifically do, more so is filling in that backstory of figuring out who the squire it, is, who the squire is, what the doctor allegedly had done right. previously to put him on trial to kickstart this whole thing. That's the whole thrust of these two issues, is to fill in that backstory. And just there's so much other stuff that they got to try to introduce to make what they're gonna do later also. Makes sense. So then we've got the Sonic song box, with which I don't know that I th- like. I'm still on the fence on whether I think it's a clever name or not. It feels like it fits in the whole words that were used in the Time Lord with the you know the the uh, well some of the, the Nightmare Child, yeah, the Nightmare Child and the moment and things like that. It kind of feels like it fits with that mm-hmm. kind of style of, of of things that are named in the Time War. But it also feels almost like, oh, we got a little too clever with it to me. So I don't, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of weird. It's the one other, of those names that only works in print. Yeah. The other thing I yeah. kind of don't like about the Sonic Songbox is Silent. 
silent song, yeah, silent songbox is that Sonic songbox might have worked better. Silent songbox is the fact with a P is the fact that it felt almost a little too much like the moment, not not the device itself, but the instance surrounding the idea, the idea it. surrounding. Well, not even the idea. So much more the 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 theme mm. of it was too similar to the moment for me. It's the war doctor taking extreme measures, which I, I think he did. That's within his purview as the as the doctor, or within his definition of his character. But it just felt a little too much like the moment. And I appreciate where they went with it and what they did with it, because he does destroy it because it's not the right thing to do. But it's it it, it just felt a little bit like a rehash of the the moment theme. It's yeah. the war doctor having to come to grips with using a super weapon to commit genocide. Done. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. we've been there. And um, clever though it was, it, it didn't... You're right, the theme is familiar enough that it didn't strike out differently on its own enough. And then to find out that that's kind of the big thing that's tied back into this... Eh. I mean, what I, I guess... The struggle for me was as we read the first grouping, it was boom, 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 boom. There were five episodes that just really kept me, holy crap, issue after issue after issue. And then we got into the second batch, and it kind of felt the same way, that the stakes kept getting raised. And how how are we going to deal with that? We've got Absalom Dak back. What next? Oh, River. Oh, the Master. Oh, I mean, it just, everything kept escalating. Mm -hmm. And then this bit... Very much felt like the info dump in episode three of a televised story, <laughs> followed by kind of a lackluster resolution that now that we had all these plates spinning, we weren't quite sure what to do with them. And, okay, so the Daleks are behind it all, and we get back to the planet with the original trouble, and the godlike beings that are introduced in the backstory are now tied to these people, and we find out that they've got this, you know... They're irrevocably tied together. They were their gods. They were their gods. Yeah. And that's the, the the wiping out of the gods was what had cursed these people, or they implied that they were wiped out, even malignant. though they weren't. Is that what it was called? The malignant? The malignant. The malignant. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, it just came to me. And um, the fact that the, the then and now was actually created by the war doctor to protect Alice. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. But then there was. I don't know. I didn't really get the bit with the the master and the brain tumor and what See, happened that's there. That's what I felt that was left. I think they left as that very ambiguous. But the the reason for it is to create the paradox. Right. That's yes. the reason for it. But I agree. I, that, I didn't remember the tumor from previously. See, I I remembered it once it showed back up. I was like, oh yeah, this is that tumor that she came across in the master's TARDIS. I do that's think that's it was, all we got from it. I do was, think why does it he was, have a tumor in the target? Well, I do think it was interesting, though, that Alice had brought it to him. He thought that Alice had created it, and then when he realizes that he created it in the future and that it's going to create the paradox, that actually kind of worked for me, but I didn't get enough of why did you create the tumor in the first place. Yeah. And so that was a bit weird. Um, but it, it was a device in order to set up the paradox so that they had the... the 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 wonkiness that happened that's and then moving on that's the problem is i actually i kind of from where we go in the next two episodes 
or look next two issues i actually liked <laughs> the war doctor part because i thought <laughs> that was actually kind of other than being too much crazy in the first issue that was kind of a encapsulated okay this makes sense i see where we're going here it's the next two issues that gets really kind of just twisty and weird and and we've yeah. got the 11th doctor's brooding all the time i've made a mistake i can't there's a payoff for that but i don't want to set through three issues or two is three and a, two and a half issues of the doctor sounding like oh woe is me everything is in despair i can't do anything about it. we've done that previously with the 11th doctor as well and I, i'm getting frustrated with this is not the 11th doctor from television this is the i i, I yeah, you've gone and tried to do something different with the character, but it so it feels so unlike the Eleventh Doctor. Yeah. If the, this were the Eleventh Doctor between Amy and Rory and Clara, it would almost I, make sense I, because yeah, he was so broody even, there. I don't even think he was that. I wasn't. He wasn't this broody. Yeah. Now we find out that that's all an act because he really does have something clever, and that's what I. That's the Eleventh Doctor I like. So the the the, the means justify or the end the ends justify the means eventually but we take too long to get there mm -hmm. there's too much of this prattle there's a lot of prattling going on in these issues here that i felt like you know this all could have come about a lot sooner we were trying to stretch out an entire year of comics i understand why you're doing it but we're talking 15 issues which could have easily been a 12 issue story arc and just <laughs> yeah. kept it in that that, yeah. that one year but well the doctor's overall plan it feels something more seventh doctor would do as yeah, opposed to 11th bit very manipulative maybe the even, entire time maybe even 10th doctor ish maybe. i mean i can see the 10th doctor setting something up like that and then going oh surprise but he'd have been more smug about it too the 11th doctor while he i think he reverted to character there at the end which course, was fine his plan didn't actually go to well, it did. It was yeah, supposed to. Yeah, it did. Not exactly, but that's what happens when you bring Red River along. <laughs> <laughs> he should have known that. <laughs> well, yeah. Let me get this straight. You 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 formulated a plan that involved Absalom Dak and River Song as your linchpins. <laughs> well, this was not well under, thought out. Doc. He underestimated the stupidity of Dak and the brilliance of River. Is it's what true. he did. Yeah. <laughs> That was the other, his plan to kind of purposely put Alice in danger, followed by purposely putting River in danger, and in between purposely putting Dak in danger was kind of like... Seems eh. a bit reckless. That seems a little reckless. It's yeah. a little reckless for even, him. even at the very end. Followed up with, as convoluted as his plan was, the Dalek plan was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, so the gods are wiped out, which is going to create this problem, but you're hitching a piggyback ride on the signal that's going to wipe out the gods so that you can take over as the new gods. Which, on the surface, was okay, but when you dig into it, then you start going, there's problems here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even in the crazy realm that these particular Daleks were operating At least in. there was a lot of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you can at least use the amount of crazy that was in those two stories to justify and that's the what crazy. i had to do when yeah. i when i got to that point and they explained the plot that this is the goal i went wow the architect was either a certified genius or an authentic wacko <laughs> oh yeah they're wacko a little bit yeah. of i just had to kind of chalk it up to wacko yeah it just there was I, again i i think that the the it, it wraps up 
satisfying in the fact that it, you're you're relieved in the fact that the doctor actually had this planned out and had, yeah. had and I even like some of the flashbacks to the things that keyed him into what well, you know who the squire was and what was happening but uh, the other thing that I don't like about it is it, it was it was clever it, it it was it was a good vehicle to have the squire be who the squire is and that part was great but I didn't I, have any problems with that actually but I fi- yeah. but, I find I, I liked the squire. You 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 darn you! You made me like the squire so much yeah. that when the sleeper uh, cell or sleeper is activated within her, then it's like, oh no, I really liked her. Now that being said, that's not the squire at that point. So we actually have room now to have some stories of the uh, <laughs> war doctor with oh, the, the war squire. Doctor and the squire yeah. True. So yeah. We do we do have some room to do that. It, well, that was another thing. Going back to those two stories, when Alice shows up, and we, the Doctor and the Master are working together, and I'm sitting there going, "Okay, how does this work? What 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 is the background on this?" And then when he simply says, "Well, we're on the same side," then I thought, "You know what? I don't need a backstory of yeah. how you picked him up, why you guys are together. This is exactly what I needed." Was hey, at this point, we're on the same side <laughs> because I mean, we got the backstory in Utopia and Last of the Time Lords of the of the High Council pulling him out of the Eye of Harmony or whatever and reviving the Master, giving him a new set of regenerations. And in fact, I like the fact that we get down to he leaves and it looks like regenerates into a young Derek Jacoby. Yeah, let me... And let then me, goes off. Let me correct you because I think that's what it was. But let me correct you. I think it's always been assumed well, that he yeah. was plucked from the Eye but of Harmony. But there wasn't there a line there's that they... Not, there there was is, a line that they revived him. There was a line that he ran from the Time War. I'm pretty I sure there, there was a line was there. I think there's a line that they, Time Lords brought him back. Okay. And gave him a new set of regenerations. That. I don't remember that either. I remember us assuming that's what happened. Right. But I, thought, I thought there was there a line. There might have been a revive. I thought there was a line. I don't know that there was a gave him a new set of regenerations. But maybe. Um, maybe somewhere along there there is. I could be, well, maybe I'm reading way either too way, much into it. Either way, it still worked in that yeah. way. Yeah. Maybe I'm reading way too much into it, but I, I could have sworn that that explained how he got out of the TARDIS. <laughs> from being digested was that he was resurrected by the Time Lords. But we knew that he ran. That part was accurate. So it was cool to see the fact that this is at the end of that leading into the Jared Kobe stuff. Okay, cool. Yep. I couldn't... Fa- I was really trying to wrap my head around why is he a kid, why is he a kid, why is he a kid? And it wasn't until that line or the perceived line that they plucked him out of it as a kid. Oh, so it's not set where I thought it was set. Well, the master essentially got to start over. Yeah, what happened yeah. when they pulled him out? I mean, he's still nuts, but he... <laughs> it, it, it's it's almost like the master's got two different time streams now. He's got uh, Anthony or uh, he's got uh, Roger Delgado, ping pong ball eyes, Anthony Ainley, and, well, crispy, uh, crispy, and okay, Anthony. crispy, crispy, and uh, because ping pong ball eyes when we come back for. The Tarkin Adventures, it's not no ping pong ball eyes. <laughs> ping pong ball eyes. He's always ping pong Jeffrey ball Beavers. eyes. Jeffrey Yeah, Jeffrey Beavers. Um, well, of course, we haven't got into the big finish stuff knowing where maybe that fits in there. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, but then, uh, that might not gel because, yeah. And then um, um, uh, Eric Roberts. Well, it would. And then there's the kid, yeah. Derek Jacoby. <laughs> yeah. And Sam Missy, which well, almost, almost feels like a different track. So. Too, At any rate... Uh, I disagree. I, I don't necessarily need the backstory. I want the backstory now. Yeah. <laughs> I want you could do a whole series of war doctor 
Child Master comics. And I'd be on board for that because I think the two have such an interesting relationship. Oh, they do, yeah. Um, and it reminds me of what we got with uh, Shaka Doctor and Robot Master. Is I, I would, you know, the fact that the Master's still evil. Yeah, he's yeah. still chomping at the bit to do something, and then the War well, Doctor think... shoots him a look and goes, "Sorry, habit." Yeah, I think maybe, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think you could do more stories with Young Master and Squire as the companions, and I, I that would be fine. And they could fill in the back, but realizing that there's a chance that this is all we're going to get, yeah. they really fixed it for me in the sense that, well, they're just, they're on the same side. Yeah. And, and the doctor was using, was stepping outside his usual means in the time war because, uh, I mean, obviously because he's <laughs> snatching <laughs> doomsday weapons, weapons, you know, <laughs> genocide weapons in order to, uh, uh, do any, and there was another instance too, is that the doctor realized, or the doctor was ready to go to his death with the, um, silent song box too i mean he, he even says it you know it's gonna kill me but i think that's part of what makes it also feel moment like a bit he's willing yeah. to sacrifice himself again yeah, before absolutely. this weapon those first two issues were okay for me i was fine with that getting a little too much crazy the, the next two issues i thought would just felt like filler it was just like oh we've got to really get it scattered and took and, a long time to get to the actual did. climax the, the, the climax works it pays off some of the things that we got especially for all the way back to the beginning of the year but it just it it felt a little 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 lackluster for a little lackluster because i agree with you we we seem to keep increasingly building and setting the bar higher and higher in the first half of this year and then we get to a point where we just feel like we're on a it's, it's that pacing before you get to the the sprint at the end it was of it. it was best of both worlds one and two it had a phenomenal lead in and yeah we resolved it but maybe not <laughs> as good as what this part yeah <laughs> And I can't imagine that everything's going to be okay between Eleven and Alice. Well, that's the yeah, that's and the other thing I that, want things to be okay between them. I, I'm, I, I yeah, I can't. Part of me wants to go back to the status quo because I think it feels a little. I mean, go back to that old adage. It feels a little more like Doctor Who when you have the status quo. But on the flip side of that, I didn't know that you can go back to that. And I do appreciate that they're trying to do something different in the comics. Yeah, I so. just, I just am curious of if this will carry through to season. To year three, or if some of that baggage will be left behind. Right. We know Alice is returning as as the companion for season three. So. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of the ending? <laughs> I love the fact that Dak gets to go back and. <laughs> oh, the end was great. In fact, I would love to see Adventures of Dak in the Time War. <laughs> I was really mad that they killed off Dak. You guys know, I knew you were going to. You be. know, I like that. And I so Glenn's going to be mad. He gets killed at the end of issue 11, 12, 13. and then he's up again. And I thought, well, that's you know, because that was one of those things. You know, I've read the the past issues back in the Absalon Dak days, uh, back in the nineties, I think it was. And I, and so I kept thinking, eh, maybe he's not dead. I've seen him come back from pretty bad thrashings before. And he does. He gets up and he's at the door. And then he gets shot clean through. <laughs> and then I went, okay, you're just teasing me now. That's you just, that was me. When that happened, that I thought, oh. Me. That's what I mean. That was me because I went from the one shot going, okay, maybe there's a chance he's not dead to the second shot going, oh, okay, that finished him off there. And so I was, His I was guts and you go the rest of the ep- issue without seeing him again. Yeah. And so then I was like, okay, you know, they've killed off Dak darn you guys but then for him to come back at the end but then 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 there's that moment of 
I, at the end where he's fixed and everything's okay and he kind of comes in and helps save the day with River. I mean, that the, the nice thing about that is they did a nice balanced job of everybody having their heroic moments at the end mm-hmm. too. So that worked. But he comes back and then I thought, well, we can't return to the status quo here now. This isn't going to work. We can't have next season be Alice and River and Dak and all this. You can't have, we don't want the crowd right. of TARDIS next year. And so I kept thinking, now what do you do with the Dak character? And so to get to the point where he does, can you do one more favor for me? Here and now takes him back. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> now I want, a whole, I want a whole standalone series of Absalon Dak fighting in the Time War. I just, that's what I want now. Because that, that perfect It really reset, him. it reset Dak to his core from the 1990s comics where he was just out killing dogs. I mean, that was, yeah, that was cool. It almost, it felt a little bit like a cheat because when he was killed and he was killed so violently yeah, and no question about it, it wasn't off screen, off camera. It wasn't, it was boom. And he's got a hole in him and his guts are hanging out. And I thought, this whole run who too. has been paradoxes and back and forth side travel. He's not dead. <laughs> I just <laughs> it was it was it was too final for it to be final. I just didn't buy it. So then when he gets up and he's like, come on, go kill some Daleks. I was like, Yeah, he's not dead. <laughs> it's a flesh wound. So <laughs> the medical robot that apparently being his dead wife, but not I mean I think it just projected this is the TARDIS well, projection that's doing what I wondered thing, is right? if it was the TARDIS projecting okay. that or if Dak who be who's so obsessed with his wife just thought oh I'm dead so I get to see my wife now that makes sense you're here now I get to talk to you because we're both dead so I didn't know if the, how either much way. of that was him projecting or the TARDIS projecting but yeah either way that worked though that was cool yeah because who else would allow him <laughs> them to mess with Dak <laughs> besides yeah. his wife so it worked so I don't think he would have trusted anybody else. Maybe the doctor, if the doctor had been there, but the doctor's not there. So. Yeah, yeah. I had better hopes for the finale of the. Whole I did thing. too, and I just the maybe we just built end. it up so much off of the the first run that they couldn't possibly live up to those expectations. But yeah, that's like I said, it resolved. True. They did wrap everything up, and I don't think there's anything left standing that I have lingering questions about. I just I wanted a little neater of a box yeah. to put everything in with them. So do you guys hope for series three that they go back to kinda of like how they did series one, where it's almost more like the tenth Docker, but with more of a through line as opposed to just one long continuous story? Uh I don't I think I'd ready to take a year off on the continuous story. <laughs> yeah. I think it's harder to keep track of what's going on reading them even month to month it would be hard to to remember what had happened previously especially when you have to call way back to the beginning right right yes and no i don't think that it would be something they would do again to do a full-blown year-long real arc and because they kind of demonstrated as we've had previously in who with key to time and trial of the time lord that they don't really work they're very lofty and they're very ambitious and very rarely (laughs) do they really come out and go Yeah. yeah that was fantastic all the way through they've all got these little things with them so i would expect a return back to the two or three issue or thing and maybe there's kind of that rtd era subplot that's going on but for the most well, part and it's... that's kind of how the moffat era is too. yeah this is even lofty for the moffat era yeah of a storytelling agreed agreed i will have one small addendum to my review which is about the art and i know that we don't like to complain too much about things like this I've defended the artwork in the 11th Doctor comics 
because they're more whimsical, it seems like, than, say, the 10th Doctor or the 12th Doctor lines with the stories they're telling. And this one carried through with that for the most part, but I really feel like there was a distinct downturn in what was happening with these last five. It felt like maybe some of the Dalek stuff was very well done. Uh, In particular, the Squire, when she began her transformation, which was just nightmare-inducing. It looked like there was was an actual Dalek inside a melting clay human yeah it just kind of was, was what the you know things protruding out that shouldn't have been and glimpses of things that i didn't need to see i mean it was really really astounding what they did with that but then there were so many panels elsewhere that people weren't really even given sketched features it was just almost a completely blank face but they're wearing that outfit so you know who that is yeah And in previous issues when they've done this, in the 11th Doctor line in particular, I didn't have as big a problem with it because the 11th Doctor seems to kind of have that, you just need to hint at his face and I know who it is and what's going on because that's how Matt Smith kind of looks anyway. Yeah, he doesn't have sharp features. He doesn't have sharp features. Aside from the chin. Aside from the chin, it's just kind of... He's there. But it just seemed like, like the story maybe that they were rushing to get to that conclusion <laughs> to kind of wrap it up. Like, okay, we're even done with this. It seemed kind of like even the art was like, eh, okay. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on in this panel, so I'm just going to put some people in it and, <laughs> and call it good. But as it went on, I definitely feel like there was less and less and less attention to that detail. There was a lot of blobby form drawing as opposed to... Real. But then every now and then they'd surprise me with the, the, the two-panel splash page of Dak riding out of the TARDIS on the thing. That looked great. So yeah. maybe, maybe I'm making a mountain well, out of Some of the splash pages looked a little better than the other, the main panels. Yeah. They tend to in Well, splash in pages are splash pages for a reason. But. Yeah. So yeah, there was, there was that kind of thrown in there as well. Glenn has no comment. Art is art. I mean, <laughs> I, was, I... I wasn't... A, I've, I've liked most of the 11th Doctor art. I wasn't as big of a fan in this five as I was previous five. Art is art. <laughs> they did better than I could. It's fine. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. Now, if you want stick figures, I can totally draw Doctor Who comics. <laughs> they won't be good stick figures, but I could do it. <laughs> this stick figure has a bow tie. <laughs> That's the Doctor. <laughs> and a fez. <laughs> Maybe I'll get the red magic marker out. <laughs> All right, Sean, what are we going to come up on the schedule? Well, next week on the schedule, Friday Night Who, our weekly Doctor Who watch-along. We are going to push play on parts four through six of The Power of the Daleks uh, this week for Friday Night Who. And then follow that up with our episode next week where we will take an in-depth look into The Power of the Daleks. We're going to talk the story. We're going to talk what we thought about the animation and what they were able to do with it. We're also going to take a look at the fan-mounted film version of the power of the Daleks, which I think Glenn mentioned is extremely rare and difficult to get a hold of, but we've been lucky enough to secure a copy, and so we're going to talk about that too. The following week, Friday night, we're going to have New Earth with David Tennant, and then some more Titan comics. We're going to look at the Tenth Doctor series and wrap it up, which is issues eleven through. 17 and we get a couple of extra bonus issues in there because they apparently ran long and then the big finish uh mainline story number 82 the settling followed by friday night who is tom baker and city of death and then our book review of the novelization city of death by douglas adams and james goss so you've got a little bit of time there to three weeks start reading if you haven't already put some homework up there schedule is updated and posted on our website all the way up to easter saturday and then the new series will come out and we'll pretty much be focusing on 
saying goodbye to PCAP for 12 long weeks. <laughs> and I will be sad. And then I'll be excited. And then we'll have a break until Christmas. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll have to find something else and to talk we'll about after to, that. then we'll get to say goodbye to them. Right. All right, well, if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can go to our website, trialofthevortex.com, and click on that button and help support this show. 100% of that goes right into the podcast. Thank you to those who are already supporting us, and be sure to check out some of those links on the right-hand side of our page. Anything else we need to talk about before we close this one out? Nope. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.